Hello and welcome again to 420 on the Block and my beautiful, wonderful couch. I've got uh, some incredible, incredible guests with us today, uh, all of which are CEOs of companies that make money in the marijuana industry. Come on, give them a hand, y'all. <laughs> We're going to let them introduce themselves first before we get into what our On the Couch discussion is. And I really want to say thank you so much for being here. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, my name is Kyle Spidell. I am the co-CEO of The Green Solution and co-CEO of actually 420 on the Block, this event. Hi there, my name is Christina Sasser with KSAS Glass. I'm the owner and operator and artist. Hi, I'm Steve with Steve's Goods. We are a uh, CBD company that's in Colorado. Uh, before we speak, uh, I really want to give a shout out to our new CBD gummy line and also our new in flower CBD beauty line. Come check our booth out. Come check out Green Solutions. They really help put a lot of this together. We have a lot of things to thank them for, so thank you. Awesome, and I'm your host, uh, Dr. Brian Hewlett, or in awesome terms, Dr. Life. That's what people call me in other places. And uh, I'm the uh, uh, owner, um, excuse me, the founder and executive director of the Foundation of Life. And life stands for limitless ideas and free environments. And we're all about freeing ourselves of limitations on this planet. And through one of those ways is through education. So that's why we're here uh, promoting education and advocacy at 420 on the block. And so today, again, our conversation, or not again, but our conversation is about business and economics. And clearly, uh, the marijuana industry is an industry. And the people of the great state of Colorado have decided that this is an industry that they want. And we can create uh, revenue and we can create resources uh, for our communities with these businesses. So uh, the first thing I'd like to say is, is to have each one of them kind of talk about you know, how they decided to get into a business that was you know, at one time uh, illegal in some sense in terms of what we, the product which is their, their, their business is relative to, and uh, uh, what it was like maybe, you know, um, deciding to go into that kind of business uh, with this stigma and all those things that we, you know, have from surrounding it. Definitely. Um, I, I really d uh, dove in deep about two years ago and uh, where I started working with this, uh, this startup company and uh, I build websites and I do marketing and I helped them out with that. And um, we started uh, going down to Pearl Street in Boulder and walking around with hemp plants and I just met so many people that were benefiting from CBD or even cannabis and marijuana and THC and coming, literally moving to Colorado so they could, their family member or, or their child could uh, legally receive this. Um, so I started doing that and then eventually I was like, wow, this is so powerful that I really want to offer people a solution, farm fresh, you know, farm to customer. And so I moved here and I've really uh, helped develop that. And, you know, it's really important to give people access to that. Nice, nice. So access, giving people access, that's really good. So I w started working in the marijuana industry um, about 19 years ago. Wow. I um, <laughs> discovered, I've always been an artist, and I discovered the medium of glass, and I kind of went with this f fusion of 
infusing, you know, my spiritual beliefs and my, you know, artistic talents, and I started making glass pipes. And not only, you know, glass pipes, but beautiful works of art that, you know, are used to ingest, like, you know, our natural plant medicines, and they're very special, like, almost ceremonial type, you know, pieces of art. And, um, you know, it's evolved. You know, I started making really simple pipes, you know, 19 years ago. And, um, you know, now I'm creating very, you know, artistic pieces that are in museums that are getting recognized as fine art that are marijuana pipes. So it's a r really great honor to see that happen. Nice. So for the, the uh, sheer artness, the sheer art of it, you know, <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's good. Artisticness of it, I guess, is what we're trying to say. Good. Oh. So my journey began pretty early on. I was, uh, uh, I've, I'm uh, the newer founders, I should say, of the uh, um, industry. But um, you know, we started in 2010. At that point, uh, the industry was completely different than it is today. And I think there's a lot of tribulations that we've gone through over time. But what we embarked on uh, early on was trying to raise the bar of professionalism. So uh, I actually come from a very uh, robust real estate background. Um, I, I developed uh, for about 10 years. I was actually part of the uh, real estate bust and boom, you know, of 2008, 2009, where it actually became uh, more difficult to uh, sell houses than it was to be in cannabis. I was exactly part of that, uh, that movement. And uh, we transitioned all of the capital that we had at that time. And we were always interested in cannabis and, and just saw that it was, had a lot of potential. But when we started going through dispensaries, we said, wow, there's, there's a lot of ways that this needs to be elevated in the professionalism. So uh, my co-founder, my, my actually my twin brother, uh, we started The Green Solution and, and set off on the journey for professionalism. That was our, our main objective, to uh, normalize it and to make sure that it uh, was a culture that couldn't be defeated. Um, I think that uh, there's great responsibility in early entrepreneurs in this, so. With, what is it, with, the res uh, with responsibility comes great power, or is it power with great responsibility? One of those two, yeah. right? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that, it sounds like access, artistry, and uh, uh, basically, if we sum up yours, you're saying professionalism, right? Yeah. Were the yeah. three things. So do you guys feel like, yes, you've uh, seen that, a transition to what you really wanted to happen happen or do you still feel like there's problems with access it's not seen as artistry or that it's still like the majority of the profession is not professional um, what it what it um, you know for me certainly our journey has um, you know created a, a movement there's no doubt about it I mean we've we've set the uh, stage we've changed things there's no doubt about it um, you know, we're in a much better place as the cannabis industry than we were 10 years ago. Uh, is, are we at the end of our journey? Absolutely not. I think that we are uh, in a position to continuing to change the world. But I think now what's happening is that uh, we're being attacked from a whole different perspective. You know, it was first uh -huh. a cultural stigma that we're trying to overcome. And now it's big money and, uh, you know, change and, uh, you know, big business that is shaping our policy from a legislative perspective uh we have to be involved in that there's no doubt about it because uh we've made a lot of uh great strides but um industries or uh, um, uh, groups like sam uh which is smart approaches to marijuana 
uh, I don't know if you read their emails or, or see their advocacy, but they are uh, absolutely against us in every way, shape, and form, and will do anything to, to uh, retract this whole entire industry. And I think it's just, that's part of the responsibility here. So as, if we can continue that, that's our goal, but we've certainly came a long way. Well, I, I definitely agree with you. We just had a, a governor candidate on our couch uh, for the last segment, and uh, you know we were talking about Chuck Schumer coming on board, saying, "Yeah, yeah, let's let's uh, support the marijuana industry." And I am very skeptical anytime we have people who are taking money from big pharma, and you know, so I I, I agree with you. We because we have to hold on to that professionalism in any industry that uh, a, a, a community has and owns. So, in the glass pipe industry, we've seen a huge evolution. You know, we went from being a really underground, illegal thing, like glass pipes were considered paraphernalia yeah, yeah, yeah. and illegal, you know, and in some states they actually still are, but um, it's been a long road, you know, to get this... Um, illegal thing, you know, turned into a fine art. It's been a long road, but there's still a lot of room for growth and evolution. Like, I just see it going, you know, further and further. So, so do you ever think we'll limited. see, like, a pipe in, like, uh, you know, the Louvre or, you know, what is one, is one of those big other art places in, in France or, you know? You know I'm hoping. I mean, I had the pleasure to go to France and teach last year at the European Flameworking Society's uh, Glass Symposium, and I was actually their American pipe artist nice, that nice, they brought nice. over, and you know, it was all these European glass blowers, and none of them had made pipes, and they were so interested in what we're doing over here in America and the movement, you know, and they're kind of behind us. Nice. So, there, so. so there is a movement of integration of pipe making into Absolutely. the overall glass. Okay, nice. Worldwide. <clears throat> yeah, you know, for me, uh, it's about inspiration, inspiring others to get involved. Uh, this is, I can speak for the hemp industry that the d demand is, uh, the supply is way out, out, matched by the demand. There's way too much uh, demand for the supply right now. So for me, I can only do so much. You know, Green Solutions can only do so much. You can only make so much glass. You know, everyone, we all need to, to pull together and help each other out and figure out how we can inspire people and help people to guide themselves towards this industry. Like, this is going to be the biggest uh, I'm not going to say the biggest industry, but a huge part of our history upcoming now. And, we, you know, we all just need to find what we're, what we're good at and what we're unique at it and take a hold of it and figure out how we can impact every single person and, and help them however we can. And, you know, that's really why we're here. And, you know, if, uh, if you want to get involved, it's just talk to people around you. Figure out what you're good at and how you can uh, change people's lives. Awesome. And I think that leads into a very important point in terms of, you know, for all those people out there who might be interested in creating a business that's marijuana related uh, and helping uh, structure or contribute to an economy that's uh, relative to a community that's relative to marijuana, there's going to be those moments, those pitfalls, those times when you're like, F this, I'm, I'm out of here, you know? Um, how, do, how did you guys like, you know, keep going and moving through that kind of space instead of just saying, nah, uh, because also with the structure fighting against it, you know, how, 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 did, tell, how did you do that? 
Yeah, it, it's about never giving up and never letting someone tell you no. If they tell you no, you gotta figure out how to do it anyways. You know, especially when there's people on the line that you're helping, you gotta do it, you know? Someone might say, don't eat these gummies right now, but you know what? I'm gonna sit here and I'm gonna eat a gummy. And I'm gonna think about how this 25 milligrams of CBD is gonna curb my anxiety. Mm. Do you want one? Please, please. They're passing around gummies, yes! <laughs> I really just wanted to plug my gummies. That's all. The, that's the only reason I'm here. We're still on the question of uh, what, like, how did you get past the pitfall? Maybe what pitfall, and, and how did you get past one? What is, what is it thing that that keeps you motivated? <laughs> Perseverance, right? I would definitely agree with you. I've had people tell me, you cannot make a living off making glass pipes, and. You know, and you it do. motivated me to do that. So, yeah, perseverance. And there's a lot of potential in the marijuana industry. It's, uh, you know, it's growing. I can see worldwide. And I think lots of people are interested in it. And I think, yeah, there's a lot of room to grow. What, what would you say, just a follow-up on that is, and you can all add to this too after you, what, what would you say is the biggest need, you know, in terms of the industry, in terms of business uh, a whole, if there is one, you know? About. Think on that. Pass that and come back. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, it's uh, to answer the first question, it's change. You know, I think we have, um, you know, a ton of opportunity uh, to be a part of that and to, you know, kind of to your point was that, you know, we are accountable for being in this now. You know, we're the we're the guidepost. Right. And uh, we can either screw this up or we can make a difference. And, you know, for us, it's it's about making that change. It's what drives us. I mean, we deal with adversity every single day. I mean, I've, I've had a payroll company for six years, and with Jeff Sessions' change, uh, I, I literally lost everything overnight and instantaneously. And, you know, I have to talk to my 700 employees and tell them, hey, you know, you, no more direct deposit. And, you know, as we take strides to become normalized, we always take a step back right now. And I, I always tell people, I think I've rebuilt my business 50 times um, between you know, the banking, between lending, uh, between the operational roles. And uh, you know, we just believe that's how it is now. And I tell everybody, this is, this is, nor this is normal business. So uh, you know, as long as you look at it in a way that it's positive, uh, you can overcome it. And uh, what drives us is that uh, we truly have passionate people. I mean. Every day uh, we have somebody new that comes in and they say, my God, I've never been to a company where everybody's so damn passionate. <laughs> and, and I say that because, you know, everybody believes in this and it's a movement and that change is what drives us every day. Um, and so uh, acceptance was the second part of it. Um, you know, I think that uh, we have to allow uh, uh, or get people to accept it and that's all there is to it. So make it more mainstream, and it's not—it's uh, not uh, something that is uh, outside of the normal, right? And and as an industry, I think you guys are, and and leaders of an industry, you're you're kind of doing that, you know. Uh, so and I think that's that that's that's good. You deserve like a pat on the back for that. Yeah. You know? Well, I think it's just it's 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 all of our responsibilities, you know. And and if if we can 
continue to drive the culture of acceptance, which is this exact festival, the entire purpose of it. Uh, you know, we wanted to make sure that this was culturally sound and it takes this every day to, to drive people into it and, and to pack the crowds and say, hey, you know, this is cannabis and cannabis is here to stay. And, you know, every day we're starting to beat liquor, uh, you know, sales. And, and I see that and right. we, we just saw the, uh, the overall uh, sales in Aspen and uh, um, cannabis actually uh, trumped uh, um, uh, liquor sales for the first time ever. Uh, and that's that's amazing. That says a lot. And I apologize. I said the word Trump. That's, that's okay. Never, I gotta always apologize. So larger contribution from uh, a, a community's GDP is coming from you're saying uh, uh, from marijuana. Yeah, or from absolutely. Industry. And that that shows you that there's the movement of acceptance is occurring, but it doesn't mean that we're not still responsible. Responsibility. That's again. <laughs> that's yeah. that's a that's a very good point. So if we if we go back to that point of what's missing or what's needed, because we were just on the couch uh, uh, and Steve joined us uh, a little while ago uh, for a different session about uh, uh, currency and, and not being able to kind of uh, utilize or normal channels of investment and, and banking, you know, because of the restrictions that are, that are, that are you know, out there. And uh, I am working with colleagues on developing a alt currency for the festival system. Right, and uh, I mean, would you think that uh, alt currency for the marijuana industry would be something that could potentially be needed and how people could uh, uh, help work on that and develop businesses relative to that, credit unions? I mean, absolutely, you know, it goes back to synergy and as far as I, I, I can say is, it's about uh, bringing it all together as much as we can. If we can collaborate and, and do things like that where, you know, we have one central uh, monetary, uh, you know, uh, accepted currency or, you know, whether that be just us synergizing with dispensaries or hemp or glass blowing, however we do that, um, we're much stronger in a pack. There's no doubt about it. And, and I, I could say that about anything that we do, so. And it's hard because um, when industries like that aren't accepted into the mainstream, it kind of keeps them underground, you know, where they were to begin with. And it's not widely accepted. Right. But um, I think it's pretty amazing where we've came in our lifetime with marijuana. And it's just spreading, you know, state by state. And, right. Prohibition. You know, we're actually witnessing uh, the you know, removal of a prohibition. Which We're is, you know, not too many people in their lifetime can say that. So right. think about that. We're the pioneers. Yes, we are. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I think that for a little while there's going to be issues with currency. And I think that if we are able to develop some sort of altcoin that can help facilitate us with these issues, that would be very beneficial. Um, you know, it's right now there are a lot of issues when it comes to processing and banking and you know for me it's like we that's just the things we have to figure out that's just part of our business structure we have to be ready for for those types of things and but we do it because it benefits the people and you have to continue to fight for the people however you can be ready for anything i'm about to do something right now and it's going to surprise this person but i think i see adrian zelski out there in the crowd come on up here get up here <laughs> because distribution is a big part of uh, any product and any businesses, any uh, businesses world. We need to to make sure that we're distributing products, and all of us have different products. 
and, and one of the things we were just talking about was uh, uh, connecting with community and making sure that we normalize. And so normalization would include us connecting with other businesses, right? Uh, in other, in other uh, industries. And you know, um, do, do you feel like that's happening? Are we, I mean, are all of you, uh, uh, are, you are your businesses are all connecting with other uh, industries and sectors of industries to, to make connections? with those people, I mean. You Absolutely, I mean, first of all, honored to be here, wasn't expecting it. There Thank you, you. Uh, uh, it was, I was enjoying being a crowd member, to be honest, but, um, but uh, you know, one of the things I think that's most important Kyle was touching on is that, and we talked about when we first met, was cannabis is cannabis, culture is culture. Right. You know, and, and culture has to kind of be everything rather than just as hidden behind closed doors, these secret dab parties or whatever, you know what I mean? And it really became obvious that I think his his vision that's now coming to fruition is like involve Lagunitas, involve Red Bull, involve, you know, other sectors of our, you know, entertainment world or culture as you see it to make sure that this isn't a uh, an outsider's perspective anymore. This is a mainstream perspective and this is, uh, you know, it is important to connect with all types of food and beverage, all types of clothing, all types of uh, transportation, you know? I can't wait for, you know, more hemp to be involved in the car world here in America. It's happening in Europe, you know? Uh, Mercedes and BMW are the biggest buyers of hemp in, in the world because they put hemp flax in their padding of their doors. So, you know, in the end, like, we'll see all kinds of interaction with all types of industries. And once banking gets it, you know, I think hemp is gonna break the mold there as well. And then, you know, then they'll see that cannabis in general should be banked and should be backed. So, you know, everybody who's doing such a good job laying the groundwork, hopefully this veil is lifted and, and we're just part of the regular society, you know? Yeah. I, I, I when you, when you first, when you guys first approached me about uh, helping out with this, uh, one of the visions that I automatically saw was, uh, you know, a, a, a block full of different in industries, you know, contributing to create a space, um, you know, based on those things that we do, you know, culturally, because I'm a social scientist, and and uh, we all have different things in our 420 culture that we have uh, that we participate in. Whether we participate in the flower or the plant or not, we still have friends who are in culturally doing things with us relative to that. So, and uh, and that's what I see this becoming more and more. Sure, and uh, you know, for me, I think part of this is is really a selection process, though, because. As many uh, uh, opportunities we have to bring people together, uh, companies like Laguanitas, who, who is really embracing the culture, um, we ab absolutely need to put them on a pedestal. But on the other side, uh, we need to ostracize the people who are creating businesses that are negatively impacting us. For, for example, uh, the CEO of Uline, right? I think every person that is in this industry has used Uline in one way, shape, or form because they're I a massive ton. <laughs> if you're in production in any way. Okay. Um, and, you know, the CEO comes out and actively says, you know, we don't support cannabis. And, you know, my, immediately that day, I called my purchasing manager and said, get them off my vendor list. We're never buying from them again. And, you know, for them to actively and ha uh, do that and have so much power and get in the media and, and to, to, to uh, uh, you know, really demean the industry, uh, we have to ostracize them and say, you know, you're not a supporter. We're not going to support you. 
And, uh, you know, we need to have a voice in there. And so I think it's more of a selection process as well, uh, that we have to uh, go at it uh, from the negative just as much as the positive. So, so industrial partners, because you don't necessarily have to uh, be participating in the actual plants in order for you to be four people participating in the actual plant. And I actually had a, a conversation about that prior to getting here. So. So um, I work with all kinds of industries, you know, and I think ideally um, we want to be accepted into mainstream society and kind of have the marijuana industry be accepted just like alcohol is part of our society. Right, right. You right. know, and, and nationwide or, or worldwide, ideally. So I, I, I'm with you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think a lot of it comes down to integration, you know, as we are uh, real businesses and as we're working with other people that are real businesses, we're, we're all uh, building up and we're putting money back into the communities and the people we work with. And, you know, we need real business services and we're working with real businesses. So just integrating cannabis into, you know, uh, everyday culture and, and uh, just experiencing what we need to experience and, and, you know, make sure that we are helping the communities that we are thriving in. Nice, I guess, and we, we have to start wrapping it up, but it, uh, we have about five minutes, but uh, go for it, AJ. Okay, cool, thank you. Um, one thing that has regularly come up in discussion is the alcohol versus marijuana thing. And I don't know what country everybody else is living in, and I don't know that what world they're living in, but those are two of the best friends on the planet. Like, people love to drink and smoke. I think that those two live happily ever after, if we can look at it that way, I think that's v much more integral than, than saying, well, Budweiser's anti-marijuana, they're going to hate it forever. No, sooner or later, they're going to say, let's have a party and let's have marijuana. And let's have, like, I just think that it's important to not, uh, like, ostracizing the companies like Budweiser who did camp for years right. in Northern yeah. California. I mean, that's terrible. But saying, like, oh, alcohol's going to take a hit. Lagunitas isn't taking a hit this weekend. You know what I mean? Lagunitas is doing well. And I think, I think we need to really look at that closely because a lot of people keep saying, oh, I, I wouldn't even drink if I had weed. That's not true. You just sit in the corner and just stare at your fingernails. Like, you, gotta, <laughs> you know, like you got to have a couple of drinks to go break the ice and hang out with people. And that's one of my big points when I talk to people now, too, is just stop saying that. that that's, that's divide and conquer. That's not, like, cultural. Exactly. So, so, yeah, culture is all about bringing everything together and all the pieces being differently, you know, and all those different pieces actually adding to the greater good of the situation, a synergistic yep. situation. Yep. And uh, I, I think speaking of synergy, this was a great synergistic uh, uh, panel here, right? And uh, I really, really want to appreciate you guys for stopping by, hanging out with me on my couch. And you can come uh, hang out with me on my couch anytime here in Denver. Uh, if you want to. We'll do that. <laughs> so um, before we go, though, we got to give some shout-outs to a few of our sponsors. The Education and Advocacy sponsors are, are, are wonderful. If it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be able to, to be uh, putting together this uh, podcast that will go out uh, uh, across the waves uh, for the next eight months. So you'll be able to uh, be witnessing 420 on the block uh, after we're done here uh, by different, different podcasts and seeing everything that we talked about. We've got Steve Goods, who's helped us out with that, right? We've got uh, Hemp and Heel Stage. Uh, uh, the, so Hemp and Heel uh, helped sponsor this stage, and uh, which is bringing a lot of education as well as some incredible music. We've got KGNU, who uh, helped us to uh, 
uh, promote uh, the entire festival. We've got uh, Talk Launch, who gave us some equipment to kind of play around with. Uh, we've got uh, some of the, the, the furniture here from uh, Spectra Art Space, who has uh, an incredible set of artists, and they have uh, uh, prints that you can check out anytime, and they are incredible. And we also want to thank uh, the Foundation of Life, and we want to point out that we have an auction going on here as well. So tomorrow night, we will auction off six paintings, uh, uh, goddess paintings, and here's one of our paintings. Uh, again, we've had them up here every uh, single time we are uh, uh, showing one, and uh, uh, we would love for you to, to put a bid on these over at Hemp and uh, Heal, and uh, the proceeds will go to a wonderful cause, which is the Limitless Access Foundation that will help people uh, with disabilities uh, remove limitations to arts and music and to anything else in the world that they wish to do. So uh, thank you again. Thank you. And uh, look forward to uh, seeing you all again sometime throughout uh, the, the festivities here. Enjoy. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Hey, there you go. Thanks, Green Solution, for the whole thing, y'all. Give, give them a hand. Thanks. <laughs>